Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. This is episode 202, entitled The Return of the Direct, because it is back finally. Uh, we actually have two directs to talk about. We'll get that uh, to that in just a little bit. We're also going to be talking about a bunch of events that happened over the last couple weeks. We're going to be talking Lego again. We're going to be talking about Super Nintendo World uh, again. Reggie's got some new things that he's jumping into. Uh, some of the servers are shutting down for a specific game. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about, even an update to Mario Kart Tour. But before we get into any of that, let's do some introductions. Maybe some of you guys are brand new to the podcast. My name is Steve, but I am not alone. I am joined by Barry. Hey, Barry, how's it going? Hey, Steve. Always a pleasure. For sure. And also joined by Greg. Hey, Greg. Yep, definitely always a pleasure. love doing this. Favorite part of the week every, every other week, so... Definitely. And uh, speaking of my uh, favorite parts of the week, my one of my favorite parts of the uh, the podcast is actually being able to interact with you guys. And I think we all share that, uh, that love for our chat room. Um, so if you guys are joining us live, be sure to comment about all the stories that we talk about tonight, all the games that we talk about. We would love to know what you guys think about all these different, uh, these news items and games and everything. Um, we'd love to keep that, that conversation going. Um, and we also love to keep the conversation going between podcasts, between episodes. So if you have not followed us on social media, if you haven't joined our Discord, we would love for you guys to do that so we can keep that conversation going with you guys uh, in between episodes. Uh, all those links are going to be found in the, the notes here on YouTube uh, or in the show notes uh, for the podcast version um, on our website as well, nintendofuse.com. So just make sure uh, you head to those places and click those links and, and join us. Um, we would love to have you do that. Um, also, if you know somebody else that's really into Nintendo and uh, they don't know about this podcast, we would love for you guys to share that, um, recommend it to other people, um, and uh, just help us uh, continue to grow this growing, uh, awesome community. So with that being said, let's talk about what we have been playing, and I'm going to go to Greg first this week. So this week I got um, an equally long list as previous uh, weeks and still can't manage to um, put down Animal Crossing, so it's very popular in this household. The wife has to play every day, Bella has to play every day, and I have to play every day. So we've got lots of people that contribute towards the dailies, checking on turnip prices, what's in the stores, what's everything. We're still designing parts very slowly, but there's still enough to keep us coming back every day, and still got to like find Pascal every day. And So there's lots of stuff going around on our island, and Definitely would love to share it with everybody at some point. Nice. Um, not only that, I was also doing some continuation of What the Golf. That's been very humorous uh, golf game. <laughs> Most recent couple levels, you're driving like cars and bikes and stuff on the golf course to get to the hole. And there were some levels themed around Metal, metal Gear Solid, and you have to like sneak past some like searchlights and stuff. So like some pretty intense games for a golf game. I, <laughs> Reminds me of uh have you guys uh watched the Holy Moly mini golf show at all? I've I've seen it, but I've I've seen like advertised it's like I've extreme it. mini golf. I kinda I feel like this is like taking it to the next level after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would definitely I didn't play the original, but I could definitely see it being something like that. So <laughs> um Bell's also been really wanting to dive more into Yoshi's crafted world, so we've been we started a fresh game on 
with using her profile, so I turned on mellow mode just so it's definitely much, much easier this time around. So <laughs> it's actually quite different the way you get like wings and you pretty much like endless jumps and the wings even give you a little bit more of height so you can technically get back onto a platform if you're quick enough with the button presses for triggering his jump. So I thought that was very cool and unique that I totally missed out the first time around because I quite enjoyed the classic mode on my own uh, profile. See, then finally on Switch, um, due to our podcast last time, I actually downloaded uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon Part 1. Um, I actually beat it pretty much in the one night that I played it. Tons of uh, memories of just the original Castlevania. I feel like the first one was like a blueprint for this game because like the levels like all had like unique structures, like very like reminding me very much of the first Castlevania on NES. So that was very cool there. Um, I really like the thing where you could switch between the four characters and really liked how they left the game on a cliffhanger at the very end. So now I'm definitely interested to pick up the second one. Oh, well, the, you know, there's multiple ways to play it. Like, the, that cliffhanger is actually resolved in the first game. When you oh. beat it, you get nightmare mode. And if you play through nightmare, you continue with the, the, the three remaining characters go back to help the last one that was left behind. But there's also another way where if in like when you get those the extra characters, you can choose to recruit them, but you can play where you kill them instead and you gain their power. And then you only have one character, but you it's he's more powerful. And if you beat it that way, you unlock a different ending. So there's a lot of meat to the bones of that game. Wow. Okay, I was going to say cuz I was like I think it took whatever four hours or something and I beat the game and I was like, is this really, I've just paid like $10 for like just a few hours. Really so played a quarter of the game so far. <laughs> no, that, there's more to it. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. I definitely will be jumping back in, That's but cool. yeah. Then to wrap up really quick, just been playing more binding blade on the game boy advance. I think I'm up to like chapter eight now. So making some steady progress there playing a, only a, a good night or two a week. Then still playing uh, Fire Emblem Heroes on mobile, so still continuing to rank pretty highly in there with all the other competitive players. So nice, nice. Uh, we'll go to the chat real quick. Uh, Jakester said he's been playing uh, Fate Grand Order for event stuff and uh, also working on Wii U tests. Uh, I think he got a Wii U recently. I think it was used, so I think he's he's working on fixing it. Maybe if, if I remember correctly. Um, but uh, yeah, let us know a little more about that, Jakester. Um, Game Guide also had said hello. Hello. Uh, Barry, what have you been up to the last couple weeks? What you been playing? Uh, so on the Switch, I've been doing Animal Crossing, but I've been doing it um, just for the daily stuff. And I actually haven't done it today because last night I got 10 uh, scallops and no Pascal. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Nintendo doesn't care about my time at this point. <laughs> so I'm done with this busy work <clears throat> and uh, I just logged off. But uh, other than that, I've been playing it. Um, the uh, Like Greg, I've been playing Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon, but I haven't been playing one, I've been playing two. Um, two is very good. It is, it is what I call a safe sequel. It is pretty much, they took one, they made new levels, they made new playable characters. One of which is a corgi in a giant ta tank, like robot mech tank, and it's fantastic. 
because he absolutely is a corgi and he pops out and stuff. <laughs> it's awesome. <clears throat> uh, and that game, you know, I, I beat it, but it's like Curse of the Moon 1, where I beat it in episode 1, and then you have to go through again as episode 2, and you get a different ending. And when you, like, truly go for the final playthrough, the characters from Curse of the Moon 1 comes back. So you actually have seven characters all at once to switch between, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, but it is a lot of fun. If you like um, Castlevania 3, I mean, they're, they're really a spiritual successor to Castlevania 3. Um, it is absolutely worth playing these games. Um, I'm so happy to hear you enjoying Chris the Moon 1, Greg, and I, I do hope you pick up two. Um, you know, it, just fantastic games. Uh, I also did uh, part of the Under a Dollar Challenge on the Playcast. I picked up Classic Games Collection Volume 1, and uh, this is a, um, uh, a Clubhouse Games Lite, but it features different games. Uh, checkers it has, which is their tic-tac-toe, which is new. Um, it has uh, a memory game, which is basic and simple. Um, the main reason I got it is as Minesweeper. And I'm like, oh, for 39 cents or whatever, or 49 cents, I'll get Minesweeper on the, the Switch. I haven't played Minesweeper in ages. And I, I, I it's a perfect kill time game. So I got Minesweeper. And it, it plays fine. <laughs> so it's... It's you know, a little thing to pass the time. Uh, but my, where I've been spending the most time is on my PS4 lately, where I decided to delve into the backlog. And finally, after enough time, I started Persona 5 Royal. And I uh, wanted to see what all the hype was about. I hadn't played it. I've only played you know the original Persona. And uh, i got to say, I really am enjoying it. That's not to say it's not without its faults. There's definitely um, some little nitpicks um, it's one of those things is it's a game that has relationships, um, both, both romantic and friendship. And it, in fact, the game is based off of that. You really need to build those up, but it's also one of those where even if you have one maxed, even if it's like, Oh, you know, we're, we're in a romantic relationship, the rest of the story cutscenes don't even acknowledge it. In fact, it was funny because one of the, 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 my, my playthrough, I picked a girl, um, I was like, all right, we're going to be in a romantic relationship. And then we're sitting in a bedroom with, with another one of the guys, and, and they're like, oh, what kind of got girls are you interested in? And she's asking me, and I'm like, what? Why are we having this conversation? Um, we shouldn't be having this conversation. This is, it kind of takes me out. And another part where we're chasing a, a car, and we're like, we're, you know, characters are all on foot, and it's like, one of the characters is like, boy, it would be really great if we had a vehicle, and literally her persona is a motorcycle. So it's like, can't you just jump on your motorcycle and chase it down? Like, hmm. Come on, like like little things like that. It's totally nitpicky, but as a writer, like those things kind of pull me out just a little bit. But overall, it's an excellent game, and I'm playing it on the easiest because I know it's a big game, and I just want to see the story. And uh, I'm, I do recommend it. It is, it is definitely a lot of fun. Uh, mobile, I'm still doing Dragalia and still doing Mario Kart Tour. Having, having, again, more fun with Mario Kart Tour. But I started a new one. I don't know why I started a new game, uh, Tales of Cristoria because I love the Tales of series, and this just came out, and I figured out oh, I'd try it. And it's not a game that I can, like, for some reason I just can't sit and play through it, even though it's a lot auto. But the story is really good. I mean, it's a Tales of game, and, and it's a really interesting premise on the story. It's like this world where if, if you commit a crime, no matter what it is, the whole world gets to see it and judge you. And if the whole world judges as you're guilty of the crime, 
like these enforcers are sent to kill you. And it's like, no matter what, even if it's a misunderstanding, like you accidentally like hit somebody with your car, for example, even though there's no cars in this, uh, then it's like, oh, well, you're a murderer. You're a murderer. You know, and, like you're sentenced to death instantly. Like the whole world is against you. So I'm like, that's actually really interesting, like from a philosophical uh, perspective. So I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. And it's free. It's a gotcha game, um, but it's free. And uh, finally, on the PC, I'm still, you know, messing around with Final Fantasy 14. They finally announced August 11th is the next patch. So I'm looking forward to that because it's I'm, I'm just there socializing at this point, <laughs> waiting for new content. Nice. Nice. Um, let's see. Uh, Jakester wants to know if that game's on uh, Android. I'm, I'm assuming he means Google Android, um, the, the mobile game you were talking about. Uh, yeah, possibly. I just check. I, I play on iPhone. I don't know. Gotcha. Uh, Dave said he finished Zero, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, working through Persona 4 Golden on Vita, and grinding Xenoblade uh, Remastered. Nice. And uh, yeah, I think Jakester, I, I think, now if I'm remembering correctly, his, I think he, he had to get his Wii U fixed, I think. And so he's he's checking it with the games, I think, is what's, what's going on. So, cool. Um, let's see. Uh, I have been playing Surprise Surprise, Animal Crossing, and Rocket League. Um, yeah, I've kind of like not spent a ton of time in Animal Crossing uh, over the last couple of weeks. It's been more of the you know just the daily uh, check ins and doing what I need to do. I'm getting really close to paying off my final uh, home loan, so that's that's really nice. Um, I think I'm just like maybe 400, 500 bells away. Um, so that's, that's exciting or five, 400,000, um, 500,000 away. Um, so pretty close to that. Um, a couple more days and that, that should be, be done. And, uh, yeah, rocket league, pretty exciting. I, I finally got to uh, platinum two ranking, um, been, been jumping up, uh, lately and, um, yeah, so it's it's at the point now where I'm like almost I'm like I've started looking into um, seeing how inexpensive I could build a, a Windows PC just so that I could play Rocket League at like like higher ranks like because con- console you only get like a max 60 frames per second but then like on a PC you can get up to like 240. I'm like oh that'd be great to get that much like smoothness and then like the lag time on controller input and all that stuff so um probably not gonna happen but i've at least started looking <laughs> it's like i, I kind of want a machine but at this point it would just be a rocket league machine and that's it like there's no other reason for me to to buy a computer except to play rocket league possibly if only they still supported it on mac but they stopped how many uh, systems do you have that on now? Right. Yeah, like, I, I own it on three different systems, all three of the consoles. Yep. Yep. And if I bought it again, although they're talking about it going free to play. So if it does, then I don't have to buy it anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, Just means it's more piecemeal is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I left this off the list earlier, but there's, there's a game that I've been playing. I, I don't know if you guys have heard of it um it goes by torna i think so i spent a couple hours i spent a few hours playing torna the last couple of weeks um and uh i'm now at community level three i still have to go to four to play the final battle and do all that stuff which is ridiculous again so close <sighs> i put so in close. so many hours just to get up to level four and like now i still think i have 
11 or 12 people I still need to make happy and join my community in order to get me up to level four. That's just a couple of quests. It's not that hard. It's a, like every quest is like one, one person. Every once in a while I'll get one that has like two or three, but most of them are just like one person per quest. And I still, at this point, like there's two, two gripes. And I've mentioned this way back when I started the game, uh, that I don't know why I could actually, yeah, Jakester is like going, going crazy. He can't <laughs> believe me. I actually played Torna. Um, so two things that I can't believe I actually got that far in the game and, and wasn't required to at least be at level three at that point. Like I should have, that, that should have been required earlier on grinding through all the way from level two to level four is a pain <clears> in the butt. <throat> Um, and, and some things I did, like I've had to just go online in order to find certain resources. So like, I'm like missing one resource to make this one thing for one person and that's no problem, but I have to like go and and I have to search online where to find that resource because it's not obvious. Like, where is this, you know, certain plant or whatever it is. And so I've just resorted to just Googling it. And that's fine. And finding it. And like, I, I wish me. I didn't have to, to do that. Like, like they, they, like why, when do we get to that point in games where I have to like rely upon Google? Like, unless I want to just like wander around for hours and then eventually find, there's no it, hints it, in the game. They, that's actually something they addressed in the Xenoblade Chronicles definitive edition where it's like, you need like a flower. Like it actually will appear on the map with an exclamation mark where nice. it is. Nice. So they, they have addressed that. But it's you're, if you're 10 or 11 away, like right then, then you're at the end of the game, and the end of the game is so powerful and so amazing and so sure. epic. Sure, you, you just got to finish it. At this point, yes, but I've had that problem all along. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Uh, Let's just be ready for another six months before Steve actually finishes. <laughs> no, I hope not. No, I hope not. Like, I'm point. not very far away now. Um, Let's see. There was like one enemy that I was trying to beat last night. I tried it over and over and over again. I kept getting so close, and then you he'd level up and kick my butt. Um, oh yeah. I know that there's that one enemy that like, if you don't kill it before a certain time and it doesn't move, it levels up. And then yeah. if you don't beat it by a certain time, it just kills you no matter what, even if you have <laughs> it like that close to beating the end. Sorry, you're dead, Jen. Um, uh, okay. Sorry. Come back to that. <laughs> Going on rants about Torna here. Um, <laughs> Rowan joining us. Uh, sup lads. Yeah. Mm, he saw the post and couldn't resist to, chillax before heading off so yeah so glad you are joining us tonight uh all you guys in the chat uh feel free to to chime in let us know what you've been playing and all the different uh the news the gaming news that we talk about tonight feel free to let us know your thoughts about that and uh once again if you if you're new be sure to subscribe be sure to follow us on social media join our discord all those links are in the show notes and the uh description down here on youtube um Um Quickly, because I did notice, um, I just want to do a quick plug for, for Rowan here. Rowan's a really awesome, awesome friend. And he does something really cool. He's got an Etsy shop where he does physical manuals for Switch games. Um, that Because Nintendo doesn't do it. So he's got like Link's Awakening is his newest. He's got Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, Animal Crossing. And he just, uh, I don't know if you saw Nintendo of Japan put out an official Paper Mario book that you can print out yourself. And he just translated it and uh, released the PDFs for everybody. So if you want to download and print out your own Paper Mario official guide in that case, um, it's free. Um, He did that. So thank you very much, Rowan. And and I I tweeted all that out. So yeah, definitely check it out. Do you want to do one for Torna? 
<laughs> I, I've asked him to do Xenoblade and Torna and all that. <laughs> I need that. I need that guide. Um, no, thanks to Reddit and a bunch of other places, Game Facts, I was able to get through it. But, but uh, yeah. So I, Jakester, I, he, I, I think. Oh no, he's writing again. I thought I, I made him pass out by talking about Torna that much. Um, but he, he's back. Uh, <laughs> he, he said he tried Splatoon two again, and then uh, did Turf Wars. And he quickly realized why Salmon Run is the only mode he likes. I like Salmon Run a lot too. And I wish that it wasn't like a time thing that it's only there sometimes. Um, because I would probably still be playing Splatoon 2 if, if Salmon Run was around all the time. Um, Dave said he never played it, but he's heard that uh, Xenoblade Turtle, uh, Torna battle theme. <laughs> Turtle. I don't know why I said that. Um, but uh, it's so good. Um, yeah, the the music in Torna is great. I I don't I I wish that it I think I think uh the latest Zelda game uh kind of messed me up with music though cuz I love how Breath of the Wild just like it ties into everything that happens and Torna's game like it's awesome music, but it's like the same and it just keeps on going even through throughout dialogue and stuff like that. I wish it like you know, tied into what's uh, going cut, on. Cut scenes, absolutely, it changes well, yeah, very much. <laughs> but, like, I, after you get, like, at, at my point where I'm just doing the side quests and side quests, like, there's no cut scenes. There's just there's yeah. dialogue stuff, but but there's no actual cut scenes um, as you're just doing a bunch of side quests like I am. Um, so, yeah, uh, one of the things that uh, we, we were going to talk about um, because it recently came out was uh, the new Paper Mario game, but... <laughs> None of us have played it, so <laughs> maybe we'll talk about it next episode. Um, but uh, at least Barry and and Greg are planning on getting it. I'm not. Um, I, I have it. <laughs> Barry actually has it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so we'll we'll probably talk about it uh, next episode. Um, but for, I'll just say from what I've seen, um, I, I think it looks good and everything. Uh, and and it's almost. Like as I was watching some more footage and I was watching some of the reviews, I actually thought about like, oh, this maybe I'll actually check this out. And then I saw the battle system and I realized that it doesn't change. Every battle is the same mechanic, the same puzzle mechanic. And I was like, that's annoying because I like the idea of it, but at every time that would get annoying. Yeah, and no experience either. Right. So it's one of those. It's better to dodge all battles when you can. Yeah, yeah, and and I know um, uh, Basement Dwellers in our in our Discord was talking about like he forgot that how to even use coins and hasn't even needed to use them yet so far. Um, so it, it's really interesting. But uh, yeah, Dave said that I would hate the uh, repeating music in Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, I've only very like started the very beginning of the demo in Dragon Quest Eleven, so um, I haven't gotten into it enough. So good to know that's repeating music, <laughs> which is I love them. really unfortunate. <laughs> it's just repeating um, because the music in those games usually is good, but it'd be annoying if it was just repeating. Um, Jakester says he doesn't plan to get Paper Mario unless it goes on sale. Um, Rowan says too many games out at the moment. Gotta go chillax on it. Nice. Um, all right, so let's get into the news uh, this week, and there is quite a bit. Um, and and as we said at the very top of the show, um, Nintendo Direct has returned, and 
and thank you so much, Nintendo, because I know you guys are listening to this podcast. And uh, I just want to thank you on behalf of our of our crew here because you did the direct on a Monday. That's just so great for us to talk about on a Tuesday. So thank you so much. Instead of doing Wednesdays like you do right after our our podcast. Um, So let's jump into this Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase July 2020. They're starting to name these things just like the Shin Megami Tensei games. Speaking of Shin Megami Tensei, uh, that's what they showed off. Um, so the, the big headliner was Shin Megami Tensei 5 um, and a remaster of Shin Megami Tensei 3, um, which is... <laughs> I want to make sure I get this right. Um, it is Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster. So um, I don't know. I don't think we actually like. I didn't know this game was coming. Maybe bigger fans knew it was totally coming—a remastered version. But that kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Um, we got to see more about Shin Megami Tensei Five. Um, really, of the ten-minute, like eight to ten-minute uh, presentation, a good chunk, if not half, of the presentation was focused on Shin Megami Tensei Five. And uh, then, yeah, we have um, Cadence of Hyrule DLC that got showed off. Uh, shown off, um, and uh, which allows you to do different character packs. Um, it has a melody pack, and it has uh, additional story content. So three different uh, DLC packs there um, that are coming, and you can buy those individually, and then you can also buy them as a set. Uh, WWE 2K Battlegrounds was shown off, which is a very uh, cartoony, over-the-top, uh, kind, of, uh, kind of like NBA Jam for WWE. Um, and then uh, Rogue Company was shown off um, with, I think they, did they show off a new, was that new, the character at the beginning, was that a new character that they're announcing? Is that, I is have that no correct? idea. I think there was. And then, yeah, we basically uh, spent the rest of the time on, on Shin Megami Tensei uh, 3 remastered and, uh, and then 5. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to know uh, what you guys are, are thinking about all this. Um, Greg, let's go to you first. Well, um, pretty much off, right off the bat, nothing really had interested me with this one, but I didn't really have high hopes considering it was a mini, and then especially finding out it was only like 10 minutes long. So um, I was hoping for something for like Bravely Default 2 or something like that, but that obviously was nowhere to be seen. Um, I never played the Cadence of High Rule. Um, I've been thinking about it, but I don't know if I'll ever get around to doing it. The music in that sounds great. So if I did get anything, that would be definitely the most uh, thing I'd be looking forward to. Um, never really cared for wrestling games. So the WWE game is just definitely a complete skip. Same with uh, Rogue Company. And surprisingly, I've never played any of the Shimagana Tensei games. So I kind of thought about it on the 3DS, but I never pulled the trigger. And I don't know quite if I would enjoy those as much as the other RPG games as I have, and I still have quite a backlog of those to work on anyways. So, unfortunately, those would probably be a skip as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the, the chat room's talking about all the long names. Um, yeah, <laughs> a lot of times they do have long names, right? And then they, they add on remastered HD deluxe, blah, 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 and it makes it even longer, too. Um, uh, Dave says that a worldwide release for Shin Megami Tensei Five is huge. Um, but other than that, um, the direct doesn't have any, you know, doesn't really redeem 2020. Um, 
yeah, I think uh, something to just to mention that this was a partner showcase. And so this was all uh, third party uh, games that they showed off. Nothing was first party Nintendo. Um, and and uh, very various games that they showed off. Um, Barry, what do you think about this this style of direct and uh, and the games announced? I mean, going into this, we've all been waiting for a, a full direct. The last direct we had was a mini. We're all waiting. All the rumors. Sure, we of course get the direct announcement. Direct mini was the first slap in the face. And then the, the, then the partners was a second. I'm not saying they didn't deliver on exactly what they said, because they did. They had us temper our expectations. That being said, they've been in the dark and kept us in the dark for so long that it's almost like walking through the desert <clears throat> and you're thirsty. And someone's like, well, here's a leaf that happens to have some water in it drink it and i hope that will take you to your next stop maybe you will maybe you won't um <clears throat> i really hope something else comes i hope this isn't it um if this is it for the year that's that's terrible but what they did show off i was excited for uh cadence of hyrule is the only game i actually purchased digitally on the switch i love zelda i really enjoyed cadence of hyrule there was another dlc added to it um that i went and messed around with Seeing new DLC was great, and then boom, here's a physical. I already have it pre-ordered. Um, it's a great game, worth it. My only complaint about the physical is that it would have been nice to have Crypt and the Necromancer on there as well, um, it just to have both games. It doesn't. Yeah. It's just Cadence with all the DLC. But at least all the DLC is on pack, like on the cart. Thank God. Uh, the WWE game, when I saw that, I was really disappointed. Not that the game doesn't look like fun. The game looks like a blast. But I was disappointed because, A, we already knew about it. B, it was already up for pre-order. And C, they were, I felt wasting time showing wrestlers insult each other. And I'm like, I don't care. You have ten, less than 10 minutes. I don't care about this. Show me more games. Um, so that was kind of annoying. The, the, um, the other game that they showed off. Rogue Company. That, uh, Rogue Company. It didn't interest me. It reminded me of Payday almost. Kind of, yeah. Uh, just with, like, the masks. And it, it just didn't do anything for me. But then... When it ended and it was Atlas, I, I was watching this in my car with my wife. We were at the vet waiting, and I just literally shouted SMT5. And in my head, I was like, in your face, Jakester, because he's like, that's not going to do it. I'm like, oh, here it is. And then they're like, oh, it's Nocturne. I'm like, okay, that came out of left field. I'm happy about it. Uh, and then, of course, afterwards, SMT5. So I'm like, oh, it's even better. I get two, two SMT games. Now, I know um, Nocturne is also going to the PS4. I know 5 was also supposed to be a Switch exclusive. I don't know if it still is. I don't know if that's been announced. But uh, Nocturne is going to both. And it's, it's kind of weird that they're, they're remastering Nocturne. Why don't do 1, 2, and 3 together? <clears throat> I mean, that, that kind of seems weird because I, I feel like companies are deciding to port certain games, but they can do a collection. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, that I don't know, it, it carries more weight. Uh, I feel like yeah. just go with a little bit of extra mile, but I'm really happy to see this. Um, I think it was short. It's more money for them. <clears throat> yeah, that's true, provided they do it. But it's um, it was short. It was sweet. It was to the point. It it would have been perfect if we had an E3. 
If we had E3 last month and then they did this, I don't think anyone would really be complaining. But without E3 and without anything in May or June or, or uh, March or April, I mean, we had a March, it was last one. It's just one of those things where, or maybe it was April we had the mini, I forget, but it's been a while. It, it just, it's, there's a saying, too little, too late. If you look at 2020's roster right now, what's left of 2020, for a Nintendo first party, we have Cadence of Hyrule, and that's first party in quotes, because it's really just a first, person, first party IP. That's it. A game that was released last year. That's what we get. Great. 2020 holidays looking fantastic. And I understand COVID. Uh, absolutely, the workers and the developers, that's fine. Just say that. I know there was a little thing in the beginning, a little note. Just come out and say, look, we have games planned that were planned for 2020. Maybe they're delayed to 2021. Let's show you what we have planned, and we're sorry it's delayed. That People would be happy about that, but not knowing anything, completely in the dark, and especially we don't know Bayonetta 3 status. We don't know Metroid Prime 4 status. You know, we don't know Bravely Default 2 status. You know, wh where are we? <laughs> What's Pikmin 4 doing? Is it, yeah. you know, uh, on a holiday? <laughs> what about Breath of the Wild 2 even? Just give us a little teaser like that. Like yeah, when they did right. the first Breath of the Wild game, that was huge just to drop that in a direct. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, let's see. There's been a lot in the chat. I want to make sure that we, yeah. uh, we pay attention to them. Um, let's see. Jakester says he's interested in both, uh, SMT three and five. Um, but I think my hype died. The fact that SM three, uh, SMT three is not this year and everything else. I don't care. Um, and then a lot of them are talking about the directs and, and just about the, the idea was it hyped and everything. I don't know if they really hyped it. I think I, I feel it's the same way about, um, the treehouse thing and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, like, I'm I'm more along the lines that that I think that's us that is hyping it. I mean, they're Nintendo is announcing it at the very last minute, like less yeah. than 24 hours out. It's not something they're like, "Hey guys, mark this on your calendar a month Ten. away from here." What was that? Ten hours yeah, 10 out. Ten hours out. Ten so out. it's not even <laughs> not even twelve hours. It's ten hours out. So it's not like they're saying, "Hey, this is something we're looking forward to. Mark it on your calendars. Be there. Tell all your friends. It's going to be awesome." Sort of thing. It's more like, "Hey, we're doing this tomorrow. Hope you're there." And and I think it's us that's really it's hyping it. And I think especially, I mean, there's there's several in the chat that are talking about um, the way all the different things have been, like the the Bakugan thing and the Treehouse and Pokemon Unite and all those things. I think. Um, it seems like an interesting, uh, direction. It's different. And there are a bunch of small things and I don't know, maybe they don't have any big things to show, but it does seem like they are taking this different direction, uh, with these, you know, quote unquote, smaller games that are not, um, you know, huge, huge hype things that they are just going to show little at a time and keep trickling it out in different ways and, uh, and see what sticks. You know, you're hundred percent right. The hype is created by the fans. It's not created by Nintendo. They are delivering exactly as they promised. That's not the issue. The issue is that their lack of just general communication. Like, if they made a statement, hey, we're going to be less Nintendo Directs because of COVID, and we are working on stuff, so please be patient, and we want you to know we have some great things coming about that we're just not ready to talk about, people would be fine. Remember when they made that Metroid Prime 4 video and it was like, hey, we're scrapping it because we want it to be good? People weren't, ah, oh, pitchforks. They were happy because Nintendo at least told them what was going on. 
We haven't heard anything since, but at least we were told what was going on. And I think that's important. As a, as a billion-dollar company, multi-billion-dollar company, you should communicate with your fans, 100%. You should let us know, hey, what is going on? Just tell us. If Say, hey, look, we're not going to be able to have a, a proper direct until the holidays. We're saving some stuff. We have some big stuff. Hopefully you're looking forward to it. Uh, that's fine. But when you don't say anything for months on end or you trickle weird things like the Bakugan thing or Pokemon Unite, uh, which, which, you know, but that was Pokemon Company and way forward. That wasn't even really Nintendo. It's just it's just a lack of communication and it hurts. Yeah. It really does hurt. Yeah. You need to be able to communicate with your fans and, and yeah. your customers. <laughs> I mean, Paper Mario was just a tweet. I mean, a lot of people. I've heard some criticisms a lot, like that. Last direct could have just been a couple tweets. Like, that's true. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting, and I wonder if it's just a if it's a I don't know a cultural thing or an age thing or what. This takes us into like apart from you know <laughs> video games, kind of into a different world of things. But I think there's a lot of us that, in general, like just be honest, like. Like we just appreciate honesty and you know, it's a, it's okay if you don't have anything and it's okay if things got pushed back to 2021 and beyond because of COVID and everything. We understand like, like I don't, I have no idea what it takes to make uh, a, a gigantic game like that. And I'm sure that all this, this health stuff has really pushed things back. It's okay to be honest with us and tell those, tell us those things. Um, and, and to tell us that you really don't have any news uh, because everything's been pushed back as a COVID that's okay. Um, we appreciate some communication instead of nothing at all or false communication. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's just nothing at all, and and it's weird messages. You know, Paper Mario was just a random tweet two months before it came out, and this was ten hours before, <clears throat> and then the the Pokemon thing was a week apart, and it, we we got noticed, you know, notified super quickly. Uh, it's just it's just that. Just talk. Yeah. Just talk, you know, because everybody from Nintendo is acting like everything's status quo. And if everything isn't status quo because this isn't a typical year, it can't be status quo. Right. There would have to have been stuff. What were you planning on showing at E3? Was this it? Was this and Bakugan going to be your E3? Like, no, you had to have other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sakurai is pretty much the only one that's actually being honest and open about it. <laughs> yes, 100%. You know, and that's why people respect mm -hmm. him. Totally. It's just be honest and open and communicate. People, yeah, will some people be upset? Of course. You can't please everybody. Most people are upset but anyway. <laughs> people are going to be upset anyway. So you might as well please more people. Just just say the fact. Just here's what's going on. Here's why. Uh, otherwise, the speculation gets out of control. The hype gets out of control. And they're going to be disappointed no matter what you show off. Yeah. yeah. It is interesting that they are. I mean, it does. I feel like like there's several of guys that are talking about in the chat. That's like how it is very, it's been very last minute and almost seems like they're holding on. They're like, is this going to happen? Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Yes, it is. Okay. Let's tweet it. Um, and, and that seems weird, I guess, to me, maybe not so much for this time that we're in, but it does seem, I don't know. It just seems interesting. And I don't know why they would continue to do that instead of pushing forward, unless they know it's not that big of a deal. We don't want to build a bunch of hype. So let's wait till the last possible minute to announce it. So people don't get excited, but then people still get excited and, and overhype themselves. So I don't really know. Um, but uh, yeah, let's, let's move on. Cause there was not just one direct, 
over the last couple weeks. There was actually two. And uh, mm-hmm. our, our, our friends over at uh, Devolver Digital had their own direct. Uh, Barry, tell us what Devolver Digital announced this year. It's not a whole lot for Switch, but there was a little bit. Uh, yeah, Devolver Digital, if you still haven't watched one of these, do yourself a favor and watch one of these. <clears throat> In fact, start at 2017 and go on, because it's actually an overarching story they tell every year. Uh, and it's it's crazy and bizarre and like Terminator stuff, and it's just a lot of fun. Um, but they did announce some stuff. Uh, for the Switch, they announced two things. Uh, they announced a game called Elysia, which is out now. It's on Switch and Steam. And then Carrion, or Carrion, which comes out July 23rd. So this week, uh, that's on Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And that was interesting because they actually had Phil Spencer there. And he was talking about it, and he's like, it's coming to Xbox One and PC. He didn't say, and Switch. And then, of course, the the banner came out, and, of course, Switch was there. Um, they did show off a couple other guys, or other games. Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout for PS4 and Steam. Shadow Warriors 3 is coming next year. I believe that's PC and PS4. Serious Sam 4 is coming to Steam and Stadia in August. And then the most meta thing they could do, because it's Devolver Digital, is because they can't actually have a physical expo, they decided to bring the expo to everybody else, where you could download Devolver Land Expo and go through a virtual expo for all the games shown off and all their stuff. That's on Steam, it's out for free right now. Um, totally meta, uh, which is nice to see, you know, a little bit of everything. Devolver always does everything, and they, they a lot of times give a lot of love to, to Switch. And it was great to see Switch stuff in there, of course. Um, they also had my uncle from Nintendo talking about some games. Um, he was there. Uh, pretty cool. Um, you have to watch it to understand that. But but that was the Nintendo rep shown off. Nice. Nice. Uh, Greg, did you did you chance to watch this and or uh, or check out these games? Do you have any thoughts about the developer digital games? Uh, I didn't watch it, unfortunately. I was realized like oh wait we gotta start talking about today so it more read like the article so i was looking at the games um the one that's out now that the elijah that kind of looks uh pretty interesting i might try to more look at an actual trailer for because i kind of like those action type adventure games in 2d and especially with like the very uh, unique art style for this one it looks like a definitely like an nes game or something yeah. but that one definitely looks very intriguing to me, and I'll have to just see if I have any interest to get the other with the carry-on or whatever. But Carry-on's I, great because it's like a 2D Metroidvania, but a horror game where you play the monster, and you're going around and killing all the soldiers and stuff. Yeah, so definitely might we'll be checking that out later. So, um, yeah, that because that comes out in what like two days then? Because it says yeah. like July 23rd. Yep, two days. And it's coming out physical as well. There's a limited run and uh, special reserve have a pre-order going live um, on this on the Thursday for a physical version. If, if you yeah, so I'll definitely be looking at the trailers and if the price is right, then I definitely might be getting one or both of them. Cool. cool. Yeah, Carry On is uh, really the only game that that caught my eye. Um, the Allegia, Allegia, whatever how you pronounce it. Um, it looks okay. Um, I think I've I've kind of 
I think the the old style, like the the retro style, was cool for a while, but I think it's run its course for me. Um, but carry on. I think it's it's cool. It's not like modern graphics, but it's it's retro, but like modern looking, um, which I think is really cool. And the the concept of playing the monster is just that's cool. When you can flip the script, that's just fun. Um, so I'm I'm definitely interested in that. I might be checking it out. I might I might not get it right away, but uh, it's one of those that I'm kind of shelving for. Hey, if I'm ever looking for a game uh, to play and I've I've finished Torna and uh, you know things like that, then I'm I may check that one out. Um, but it, it does look pretty cool. Um, Barry, what what stood out to you from from this thing? Um, I mean, Carry On looks great, uh, and the fact that they actually had the monster there talking with Phil Spencer. Um, to, to talk about it was was great. Um, the other games, um, I've heard good things about Shadow Warrior. Uh, I have the first two, I just never played them, but I have heard good things. And uh, Serious Sam is a, a series I, I played way back when on the PC, so it's kind of interesting to see that still out there. Yeah. Uh, my biggest takeaway, though, like it's it, when you watch a Devolver Direct, it's all about the presentation, it's all about the message. Like the games are, are second fiddle, and they they pointed out a really good message in this one, which was, let's just show off some trailers. And they show off a lot of BS trailers during this. It's fantastic. A lot of fake, fun, like they have developers, like real developers on camera. And they're like, talk about your another game. I'm like, um, we, we, we don't have a game. I'm like, we'll make something up quickly. What are you doing? And it's like, uh, uh, our game and like the the the, the Nintendo Direct logo appears like and it's like our game coming out soon you know like and it's like why are we doing this it's like well, because gamers hype up these games for multiple years they watch every trailer they, they they digest every bit of information and then when the game comes out they rush through it in 30 minutes and it's on to the next it's all about the hype and the buildup it's not actually about the game so it doesn't matter these games could never come out we're just going to bring in the marketing money and you know all that that hype and the press and we're just going to eat it up that's all gamers really want and I, like the more i thought about it i'm like that's kind of true <laughs> yeah for sure but yeah it, it's so worth watching yeah <laughs> I love their 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 social commentary on the whole gaming industry is is quite hilarious, um, for sure. Um, let's see. Uh, Rowan says it was it was good, especially that there was that serious bit. Papa um, was like, "That's true. We do that." Yep. So uh, yeah. So that was uh, Devolver Digital, but uh, there's still more going on. Limited Run Games had a uh, a big event and um, a ton. A ton of Switch games coming out. Barry, walk us through all that was announced for Nintendo Switch. Yeah, yeah this was uh, this was going to be their E3 press conference, but because E3 was canceled and uh, COVID, they uh, they postponed it. And uh, there was there was some games. Some of these games are also coming to PS4, and uh, there were a few PS4 Vita games that were not coming to Switch. But the majority of what they showed off was coming to the Switch, um, and these are all coming physically but but obviously um some of them they're bringing digitally uh like shantae they're bringing the original shantae digitally they are publishing it that to uh to switch they're also reprinting the game boy color cartridge and bringing it physically to switch uh shantae's risky revenge director's cut as well so now the entire shantae series is playable on switch all five games which is really cool uh big one mummy demastered that is a metroidvania style game based off the the latest mummy movie but because Universal owned it, it was digital only. People thought this is going to be another Scott Pilgrim gone to the ether. And uh, nope, we're getting a physical for it. 
Uh, Extreme Sports is an old way forward game. Uh, that's also coming to the Game Boy Color and the Switch. Uh, they're doing a new River City Girls game. I think it's River City Girls Zero. Uh, big one for me, Castlevania Anniversary Collection, which is out already digitally, is getting a physical. Um, that is huge. That is a that is Konami working with Limited Run at this point. That's a big name, and and that's something that should be physical. I mean that that deserves to be on the shelf with the other Castlevania games. That's a big franchise. Uh, Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon 2. I'm talking about it earlier. That of course is getting a physical. Muddy Gunvolt Burst. Uh, I love the Gunvolt games, and this is actually a crossover with of all things Mighty Number no. 9. But it's done in 8-bit graphics. Was a ton of fun on the 3DS, and uh, this is getting physical. Kunai, which is actually up for pre-order now. Uh, one I'm really excited about, Ease Origin. Um, I love the Ease games. This was a PS4 and P uh, PS Vita game. Now it's coming to Switch. Beautiful collector's edition. And uh, yeah, that, that's also available. Observer's coming to Switch. Um, Gris is getting a reprint this week. Um, the first game had a physical release. It, Gris is a, a critically acclaimed game. The physical release is selling for like $200 now because people want it. So they're reprinting it um, with a new cover, non-numbered. This way, those that do want to get it physical don't have to pay that ridiculous price. Uh, Carry On, we mentioned, is, of course, getting a physical. Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. Uh, Friends of Ringo Ishikawa just went live today. For uh, That's through the distribution. That's through uh, PM Studios. Uh, Mega Dimension Neptunia uh, 7. That was a PS4 game. Is now getting ported to Switch. Another huge one, the Grandia HD collection, which was already digital. Um, again, that's just one of those titles where that needs to be physical. That's just If you never play the Grandia games, they are fantastic JRPGs, and you get the first two. Uh, Katana Zero, that was shown off in uh, Nindies a little bit ago, ago last year. Mm -hmm. To the Moon uh, is coming. Return of the Obra Dinn, uh, a lot of people love that. One of my friends played through it. and It's like a first-person black-and-white puzzle game. Towerfall Ascension, which was the the selling game for the Ouya, is coming now to Switch from Limited Run, and uh, and physical as well. Super Meat Boy Forever is finally coming out uh, physically for the Switch. Uh, Samurai Jack, uh, Battle Through Time. I don't know if that was announced beforehand, but that is coming to the Switch now. Trover Saves the Universe, which was a PS4 VR game, is now coming. So the Rick and Morty fans will like that. Uh, Pixel Junk Eden 2 will be heading to Switch. A game that I recently played, Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling, which is a Paper Mario-style game. Uh, very good. Difficult, but good. Is getting a physical. Demon Turf, which is the newest one from Fabraz, the makers of Slime Song, uh, is getting it. And then finally, Star Wars Episode One Racer, which is, again, digital right now, is getting a physical. And is already available for pre-order right now on, on Limited Run's site for the Switch. So a lot of love to the Switch. For sure. Yeah. I think that's, that's so cool. I mean... You guys know that, like, I'm not a, a huge um, physical collector. I, I, I collect certain ones, but that's so awesome for for people who love collecting, like yourself, Barry. Like, that's that's a huge list of games um, that they're going to be able to to put out for for those of you guys that that love getting the physical games. Um, Greg, anything stand out to you? Because I know you do a little bit of collecting. Is there is there any that that you're uh, you're kind of marking on your list to make sure you pre order? No, at least not yet. I mean, it's great that they're all coming like physically and everything. Um, I'm not a huge <laughs> physical collector. It just so my SD card had filled up much quicker than I imagined. So I've been getting a few more games physically now because of that. But um, 
I don't just buy a game just to have it as part of a library collection. It's one that I would actually intend to play and enjoy. So well, you can still play them. <laughs> That's yeah, designed I, to play. I understand, but it's also I'm not just picking it up because like, oh, this game's now physical, or like, because I know Untitled Goose Game is yeah. obviously one of them. I've already had the digital. I've played it. I loved it. So it's. I mean, I would love to support them further, but that's going in double dipping. It's. I also would love to have Animal Crossing digitally, so I don't have to keep taking out the darn card to play Yoshi. But <laughs> I'm not buying it a second time. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it's. I really do think it's. It's great that uh, that these are are coming uh, to physical. I love that limited run games and and other companies like them are able to. To, to secure enough rights to be able to publish them um, and and make a lot of people happy <laughs> by by these uh, these games coming out um, yeah none of, none of them like will make me go out and buy them but I, I love the fact that they are I think it's fantastic that they're releasing two Game Boy Color games though that's just hilarious to me um, great but hilarious. yeah I really wonder how those are gonna sell because like they're like Game Boy Color and that's been kind of done for quite a long time well now, they so. sold game Boy. they did the star wars like they did repros of the, the star wars game boy and nes and n64 uh games and they all sold very well um they're repros but they're official repros so they're not like the official printing but they're they were done with lucas this is done with way forward saying yes we give you the rights because i don't know if you know the original shante was put out by capcom and if you want a copy of the game just loose, you're looking at five to six hundred dollars. Really so the only way to play the game right now is through emulation or paying that price. So this will not be the same sticker. You'll know it's different. It doesn't have Capcom. But if you really want to play it on original hardware, this is going to be your affordable way of doing it. And if you want to play it on the Switch, because, hey, you'd missed it. Maybe you didn't know what Shantae was. You didn't buy it on Game Boy Color. And, and now you've started playing the other Shantae's. You want to go back. They're the ones publishing it both digitally and physically on the Switch, letting you, hey, now we can play through the original. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I think it's very similar. Greg, you can actually play it on your uh, Game Boy Advance as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the Game Boy Color games do work on there then, right? In the original yes, they Game do. Boy? Game okay. Boy and Game Boy Color. So I've been focusing mostly on advanced games. I did a uh, small plug here. I did pick up Mario Kart Circuit Tour, so... Um, Yep, you can play all those games. So see, you can play it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so so many games and so many of them that I haven't played. Um, <laughs> those are all good games those too. Are, like those, those are, are good games. It's actually looking through the list reminded me that I've uh, missed out on a bunch of good games <laughs> that I haven't played yet. Um, yeah, I, I think I played Star Wars uh, one episode, or episode one racer. That was fantastic. I haven't, I haven't gotten on Switch yet, but the it's hard to beat the arcade game, though. Man, that's what I want. I want the thing you can sit in and just like, oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they need to release. If that Limited was, Run yeah. releases that or Arcade One Up releases that, then then maybe I will I'll go back. And that will be a very expensive game. <laughs> I mean, I do know Shantae is supposed to be a really good game, so maybe I might have to check that one out. Well, did you, did you, yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Have you played any of the Shantes? No, not a single one. Oh, I've heard man. good things about them. They're like Metroidvanias. They're your 2D I, Metroidvanias. Your style. I know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a lot of it's it's uh it's more platforming though 
than a lot of yeah. Metroidvania. So that's why I really enjoy them because I'm not a huge Metroidvania fan. Like I'll play them, but uh, but because Shantae has more platforming, it draws me in more. Um, that's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I, I played the original. Yeah, those are, I did those like my first. Yeah, I can, I can get it for Game Boy Color. Good. Yep, I could. Except for I don't have a Game Boy Color. I, I have a Game Boy Advance. But uh, yeah, that was actually one of the handhelds that I skipped over. Wow. I went from uh, Game Boy to uh, Game Boy Advance and skipped over the color. But, I remember seeing Shantae in like EB Games when I worked there, and I'm kicking myself for not buying it. <laughs> well, how you didn't know that you know 20 years later it's going to be five hundred dollars? <laughs> I had no, oh, but that's loose. Box is closer to a thousand. Oh man, that's crazy. Uh, so so yeah, limited run games had a lot of stuff, but uh, but that wasn't all, Barry. Move on. Let's move on to uh, <laughs> Numskull had a, a big announcement uh, presentation yep. also on uh, the 21st of, of uh, July. So tell us about yeah. what Numskull hey. announced. Yeah, it was earlier today. Uh, Numskull, for those that don't know, is a European publisher. Um, they, they pretty much publish uh, their games in Europe, and PM Studios publishes um, the same games over here in the States. Um, so usually it's it's almost a safe bet that if you know Numskull is putting out a game, uh, PM Studios will hear. But if PM Studios doesn't, then these do stay you know in Europe. The, the Switch is region free, and these will be in English, so you can just import them. Um, but they had a little quick direct. It was really uh, neat. Um, the first thing they talked about was Ministry of Broadcast, which um, we've known about. They just showed it off a little bit. That is coming later this year. Um, both all these are coming physical, so they're also digital. Um, the second game is Super Epic, which is already out over in, in the UK, but they wanted to talk a little bit about it. And the English version is distributed through Limited Run. Um, in fact, it's shipping out right now. But it's still available at LimitedRun.com or LimitedRunGames.com if you want to get a physical in the States. Um, then a game which I, I played recently for the Playcast. I talked about, I think in the last podcast or the one before that, which was Holy Potatoes, What the Hell. Um, definitely not a puzzle game for me. It's micromanaging and, and all that. But there's multiple Holy Potatoes games, and they're doing a Holy Potatoes compendium, which includes a weapon shop, we're in space, and what the hell. So three games, if you like puzzle, if you like um, quick thinking, micromanaging, um, it's a good bang for your buck. All of them are already available digitally, but it's nice when they take smaller games, and if they're going to put them physical, they put them in a you know compilation as opposed to, here, pay 30 bucks for this $5 game. Um, so that's cool. Uh, they mentioned uh, Horizon Chase Turbo, which if you haven't played is a fantastic old school racing game like uh, Outrun. Um, they had to reprint it because they, sold, they, they printed a physical copy and it sold out and started going for a lot of money. Um, the PM Studios in America has already reprinted it, but now Numskull's doing it overseas. And the last thing they talked about, which really excites me, I didn't even know this existed, is uh, another compilation called robotics notes uh robotics notes the elite and dash double pack because it's the two games robotics notes elite and robotics notes dash they're visual novel games and they include characters from the steinsgate universe um which really excites me because i love steinsgate i didn't know these existed they stayed in japan they never they were never released in the west and this is the first hey now they're coming to the west and they're coming physically in a double pack so hopefully PM Studios brings that to the States. But regardless, um, that's one I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, I don't know if any of those games excite you, but 
There's some really good titles there. Nice. Greg, yeah, any, anything stand out to, to you? Not really. I was just kind of scanning through the video. Um, the first game, which... Ministry which of Broadcast. Was, yeah, that one did seem kind of interesting. Um, then for Super Epic, I almost thought it was like the game that I played on Wii U that I really liked, which is Epic, but it's not entirely not related to that. I think that's a completely different publisher. So, yeah. I, Ministry, that, that's uh, Super Epic is a Metroidvania as well. Yeah, I mean, there's so many of these Metroidvania games that <laughs> can't play them all though. So <laughs> I know it's it's great though. It's yeah, just true. that means yeah. when there's a low, you can always go back because the games are always there. That's the unfortunate thing yeah. about that style of game too. They're not quick run through games. You have to sink some time into them, so you can't really <laughs> play them all. And the really hard part is I try to go more to the completionist attitude towards these Metroidvania games. So that takes a ton of time and tons of backtracking, like. I still remember doing the Metroid on 3DS and still going back to getting every single missile upgrade and every single like heart like a uh, energy tank and stuff. So I probably don't need to do that. I just don't know why I need to, but <laughs> probably just waste a lot more of my time. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think the only one that really stood out to me uh, is Horizon Chase Turbo. Um, just looks so cool. Like I remember that the Outrun games and just loving loving that i love how uh you know it it just looks like that the old school kind of stuff and i talked about how i think the platformer kind of old school platformer style is kind of you know wearing on me but the the racer kind of that's that's still fairly new so to go back to the retro style so that's that's still pretty exciting um, I'm surprised you haven't played it yet. It's it's big. There's a lot of cars, a lot of tracks, you know, good good reviews. To be completely honest, I think I forgot about it <laughs> until until this presentation, and I was like, "Oh right, that's a thing." Uh, <laughs> There's the reason they're reprinting it. It sold so well. They they thought they did like the minimum print of five thousand physical, and it sold. And then it started going for higher prices on eBay because people wanted it because it's gotten good reviews. And, you know, it's one thing for it. They do like a limited print of a game. That's really not so good. It's like people are more buying it for the completionist set, but when you do it of a really good game, like I said, Gris is getting a reprint because it went up. That's a good game. Horizon Chase Turbo is one of those. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if nothing else, it reminded me that, that game exists. So uh, I'm going to have to <laughs> check it out and maybe get it pretty soon. <laughs> Um, yeah, anything uh, anything really big stand out to you, Barry, that you're really excited about? Oh, yeah, ro robotics, hands down. I didn't know it existed. Mm -hmm. And and I was like, I was watching, I'm like, this is pretty cool. And then like, oh, yeah, you know, Steins Gate characters. And I, I, I thought one looked for me, I'm like, oh, my God, this <laughs> is actually set in that world. And, and I love the Steins Gate universe. Uh, if you've never seen the anime, it's awesome. If you've never played the game, uh, Steins Gate Zero Elite is coming out. But the first one... Um, is on the Switch, and it is a slow burn, but it is totally, totally worth it. Uh, fantastic. Um, Horizon Chase Turbo I played. I have, I, there's three covers in America. I have the covers. Um, it's great. I, I love it. Holy Potatoes, uh, I'm getting it, but I don't plan to play them. I already did play one of them, and I didn't like it. Uh, Ministry of Broadcast, I am looking forward to it, and Super Epic. I, I actually have the European version. Uh, and then they're like, oh, yeah, here comes the American one. So I'm like, oh. So I actually have an extra copy of the European. So maybe I'll send that Greg's way so we can play it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And uh, and they also said, like, it seems like more is coming from them. And they gave yes. away a Nintendo Switch Lite. So it should have to be cool. 
Um, yeah, there is another presentation coming later this year from them. Nice. Nice. Um, let's see. Go to the chat. Uh, Rowan's a big fan of uh, Love, Love Steins Gate. Um, good <coughs> anime. Um, Barry, uh, so Jakester says, Barry, he may pre-order um, when we run game tomorrow unless he buys a poster frame for his Pokemon. Yeah, Ease or Star Wars. Nice. Uh, both good games. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, that wasn't all. All these, uh, the game companies are, are still popping out their stuff. A lot of this stuff probably would have happened at E3, but they've just kind of spread it out over July. And Ubisoft had a little event. Um, Ubisoft Forward happened. And, um, well, we didn't really get a whole lot of uh, Nintendo news at all, but Barry, uh, what did we find out from Ubisoft? I, I think the fact that we didn't get a lot of news is more telling than if we did. And I think that's really the topic here to discuss. Ubisoft is obviously a very big third-party uh, publisher. Ubisoft usually does an E3 presentation, and this is their E3 presentation for the year, or at least, well, the first half of it. Um, Ubisoft is also the only one of the big publishers that has really Nintendo come on stage. You know, Miyamoto is there, and they did like Marion Rabbids, and they did the Starlink. So, uh, and on top of that, they have some really great um, titles that you know people look forward to, like Beyond Good and Evil 2, and Rayman, and you know, Gods and Monsters looks really cool. That's coming to the Switch. So Ubisoft Forward happened, and there was a pre-show. They showed off a couple of things, um, the Trackmania. The Just Dance was there, yay. Um, we figured that was coming. They showed off for the latest Trials. They showed off like they're adding free DLC, including the longest level ever in a Trials game. Um, so that's cool. That And that's virtually where the Switch information stopped. It was all in, in the in the pre-show um, because there was cross-play with Brawlhalla coming to mobile um, for the Switch. But everything else they showed off, which was a, 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 you, it was pretty much everything you would expect from an Ubisoft, like if you played Bingo, this is the safest line you can do. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint was shown off. Watch Dogs Legion, uh, Brahalo Mobile, Might and Magic, Heroes, Era of Chaos, Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, Rainbow Six Siege, a new game called Hyperscape, which actually has an interesting premise, mm -hmm. uh, but it's another mother like, uh, like a shooter, like a survival shooter uh, kind of deal. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, was shown off, and then it ended with Far Cry 6. All nice titles, you know, not my cup of tea, but I know there's a huge fan base for them, and none of them are coming to the Switch. And that is huge, because if the Switch had these titles, if if, if this was like the limited run list, where 95% of the stuff was going to the Switch, great. If this was there, and we said, hey, and, and as these titles aren't Ones that are like, oh, these are foreign to Nintendo. Nintendo's had Assassin's Creed. Right. Nintendo had Watch Dogs. You know, not, you know, Nintendo's had Tom Clancy games and Rainbow Six and stuff like that. But none of these games are coming to the Switch. And that is super telling because these are all million-seller games. And again, I'm not the market, and we may not be the market, but for a, you know, a system to be truly successful, we need these games. We need games for all types. And I don't know, what do you guys think that, you know, about the omission of Switch being all these other companies are like including Switch everywhere yeah. or at least as much as possible. And here it's in the pre-show for a few little things and completely gone. And it's Ubisoft, no less. Right, right. And I think, yeah, I think these games are, are great. I mean, I, I played Watch Dogs uh, 1 and 2, I think. 
Um, I've played uh, some of the Assassin's Creed games, and they're great games. And I played all those games on Nintendo platforms. Um, and and so, like, yeah, it's surprising, I think, for, for Ubisoft not to be bringing, I mean, to being, be announcing and bringing relatively little to, to Nintendo platform. That's, that's, it's weird, I think. Um, and, you know, Jakester is like still going Splinter Cell, um, Tom Clancy games, things like that. I think it's weird. I, I thought back to the day when, when the Wii U was announced and I was actually at uh, E3 and I think they, they showed off a, a Splinter Cell or Tom Clancy game or whatever. Yeah, there was and, a Splinter Cell. It was Conviction, so cool. And then it never saw the light of day. Um, and, uh, it was like the whole dual screen thing. I remember Mickey actually like, um, like really like showing it off and walked it through. It's like, it's deep late. Like if you go way back on our YouTube channel, you actually see it there. Um, and, and yeah, like they, they haven't been supporting them. And then it's just like, they're, they, they take more and more steps away from Nintendo as the years go on. I, it's, it's shocking to me, I think, because it seemed like they had a pretty good relationship, but over the last couple of years, it's seems like it's waning. I don't know. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, I was actually going to touch on that. I feel like Ubisoft is like right there from, from Nintendo, like day one, like, oh yeah, we'll support it. Here's all bunch of games. And then like three years in, it's just like, nope, we're done. Like throw in the towel. We're done. I mean, I'm kind of surprised because the switch has been much better successfully than like the Wii U. And especially with more core audience than like we even. So I'm very surprised. I mean, unless their sales numbers are just not where they're expecting to be, which they pretty much deserve to be because they're great games, as you said. I mean, their Assassin's Creed series is huge. And same thing with those other games that they have as well. So that's very shocking to see them just want to throw in the throw in their hat this early and almost kind of be done. Jakester mentioned well, uh, with like Activision or maybe EA. Yeah, I mean, like I feel yeah. like EA is actually turning a corner and coming back to Nintendo at the same time <laughs> Ubisoft's like out the door. Um, yeah, yeah, it's weird because they stuck along, they stuck, they hung on more than, um, more than like so many others did for the Wii U, and yet with Switch, they're they're like out the door. I don't I don't get it. Yeah, and and I think a lot of the reason is the the graphic engine, the you know the tools. Um, the Switch probably can't handle these games, at least in their native form, uh, and they would need to hire another company to port the game. Which means if it did come, um, it's going to come much later on at a lower resolution. And I think that's something that you know goes back to the Switch Two discussions or the Switch Pro or something where where the real the real reason for the Switch to have more power is not to see a prettier Nintendo game, because the Nintendo games are great, but it's to allow developers to bring all their games easier to the system, because these games would sell like hotcakes on Switch. To be able to play these games portably, people would go nuts, especially with cross-play. I mean, that's what EA, you know, watching EA play, like, I was like, EA is my least, you know, excited about conference. I, I go into it just more out of obligation to watch all of them. And they showed up, hey, right? They opened up. Here's cross play with Apex, Switch included. We've got seven Switch titles coming. You know, we're excited about the Switch. Whoa, this is EA when here at Ubisoft is just like, here's all these games that you all, are, and a lot of them are already announced. Like we knew Assassin's Creed Valhalla, we knew Watch Dog Legions and all that, but none of them heading to Switch. 
Um, but they did state that this is only really part one, that there will be another one of these later in the year. So this is Ubisoft's Nintendo Direct's kind of deal. So there will be another one later this year. Maybe they'll give more, you know, some Switch love then. Um, we don't have a date for it yet, but it, they say it's coming. Uh, so I guess we could just be hopeful that maybe they'll have some Nintendo stuff to show off later in the year. Maybe it was... Uh... That's something that... Oh, go ahead, Greg. Oh. I was like, they can certainly uh, teach Nintendo a thing or two about telling, like, oh, we have something coming later this year. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And maybe, touch on what we talked yeah. about at the beginning. Yeah. Numbskull did it too, like right. both companies. Right. And maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it's. Uh, maybe they're gonna focus all on, you know, uh, you know, PlayStation and then Xbox and one, and then you know, big focus on Nintendo and another one. And maybe that's why. Maybe it has to do with Nintendo being. You know, held back on something, and they couldn't actually show stuff off. Who knows? It might be you know something connected with all that. Um, the same reason why Nintendo hasn't showed much off, and it's the same reason why Ubisoft didn't show much of Nintendo stuff. I was still hoping for like Beyond Good and Evil Two, which I know is not coming to the Switch anyways. But I, like personally, I love the first one. I, I would love to have seen something there or a new Rayman. And I'm still holding out hopes that we haven't seen Gods and Monsters because it's secretly being converted to a Kid Icarus game for for a Switch exclusive. Um, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, well, let's turn our attention to Nintendo first party, uh, and um, there's a little little game that uh, Barry's held on to. Um, yes. Even though Greg and I said goodbye a long time ago, um, but a little update that may actually pull me back in. I'm not sure. I'm gonna give it a shot. I haven't yet. Does um, it come out today or tomorrow? Uh, this update. I'm not I sure. I think it might be tomorrow. It might be today actually. Um, but very very soon, Mario Kart Tour is getting an update, and uh, yeah, we're gonna be finally moving into landscape mode on Mario Kart Tour. So you can play in portrait mode as uh, you have been, you know, for a while, or you can go to landscape mode. And um, that's that's basically the update. Uh, it's coming. I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, if you guys know this, um, does that include, they haven't included a controller uh, input yet, right? It's just no. on-screen controls. So if they if they turned it into, you know, if they gave controller input and they put landscape, sign me up. I'm I'm there. I'm quitting the podcast. I'm going to play Mario Kart on my phone <laughs> right now. But uh, I'm still holding on for that. It's probably not going to happen at all. Um, but uh, I'd be more excited if if they also included that. Um, Greg, is this going to be something that's going to get you back into uh, Mario Kart Tour? being able to turn it landscape nope i haven't really liked the design of mario kart tour at all so i don't like that there's you pretty much have to get the newest racers and only certain tracks are around i'm also not a huge fan of motion controls for the mario kart games even on wii i was using the wii remote and nunchuck setup like not even trying to use the wheel or anything so i've appreciated more normal controls for my mario kart experiences Barry, are you going to flip the screen? Uh, probably not. Hmm. Um, you know, like, like the the Tales of game that I started, that actually is is horizontal, and, and like it kind of threw me for a loop. Like, oh, I got to play it horizontally. Um, and I think that's just because I've played Mario Kart Tour for all this time vertical, and I'm just so used to it at this point. It doesn't bother me. And uh, you know, I'm just I'm just 
I'm really enjoying what they do with Mario Kart. Because I'll be honest, like when, when a new Mario Kart comes out, like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe or whatever, Mario Kart 8, I play it, I race through all the tracks, and I usually just put it down afterwards. Like I did it, you know, I used to play the old ones with friends, doing multiplayer and, and stuff like that, especially Block Fort. But once I race all the tracks, I don't sit there and grind out the coins for the new, you know, cart parts or whatever. I race the tracks. I got, you know, the three stars and... And I walk away. I'm 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 done. I'm satisfied. I don't need to play online. I'm to me. I'm I'm happy. This game actually gets me coming back a little bit every day to play a couple courses. Uh, you know, I don't. You know, I remember when the game first came out, and I was complaining about there was the uh, XP cap, how like you, you only get so much XP a day and only so many coins a day, and uh, you know that's still there. But I never hit the XP cap anymore because I'm not grinding anymore. Like that that was a problem because I was I was just trying to grind it out and I couldn't. Uh, and they give you tickets to to give you a free experience. It's, it's so easy to max everything if you want. Um, and the same with coins. I mean, they give you coins, and 300 is still the cap. And that's usually what I'll do, like, when a new circuit comes. I'll play till I hit the coin cap, and then I'll stop for the day, and then I'll come back. And uh, just I just find doing the tournaments and trying to race and get the highest score and race against the friends a lot of fun. Um, you know, I've made some good friends through um, through that. And, you know, we just try to compete. And you, you know, the the problem is it is a gotcha. The problem is you need the certain racers to have a real advantage. And usually the first cup you has, you know, like if you do the gotcha character, you have an advantage. But that was the way it was originally. It's still that way, but now there's there's more options. So it's not like like right now Captain Toad is the latest that they added. So the new new cup, the new the tournament one, Captain Toad is there. But if you have other racers from previous ones, you can still get the same advantage. So it's less, like, hurtful. And they're also starting to bring back older characters in smaller pools. Like, they have a one out now with, like, four of the elite characters in a pool of 50. So it's like, oh, cool, you know. You, you have a higher chance of getting those previous characters than here's one character in a pool of 100. You know, it's, it's much better odds. Um, and I like that. I still think they need to be a little more generous with the uh, the rubies, but that's me. But I, I might give it a try, the landscape mode. I hope it brings more people back to the game because I think it's it is well designed, and I think the the courses, the way they've updated, like they just brought back Choco Choco Mountain from N64, and they've updated it with the glider and all that stuff. Like hmm. that's really cool. You know, it's interesting to play an old game. You know, course I used right. to race all the time in a new way, and it feels like a new course. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure that one was on eight. Like either eight or eight deluxe or maybe even seven. I thought I remember having that one with the glider at some point. Yeah, I feel like it. It was at some point, but it might have. But they also do. Um, there's what they do with the tracks is they have the regular version of the track. They have a reverse version of the track. Then they have a trick version of the track and a reverse trick version of the track. So there's four modes of every single track. Yeah. And. These are there's a lot of exclusive tracks that way. It's interesting. I think the the coolest thing about Mario Kart Tour is that they are redoing all these tracks and adding all that stuff in. And I wonder what I would love is if like Mario Kart Nine comes along and they <coughs> say, "Well, we've done all the work to all these tracks. Let's just put all the old tracks into Mario Kart Nine." Oh. Like we've got it all the work done. It all looks fantastic yeah. on a on a mobile phone, which is going to be just as probably good as graphics as as whatever the next Switch or Switch Two or Switch Pro, whatever, um, is going to be able to put out. So why not just 
include those those tracks right on the right in the game. Let's One see other... it. Mario, Mario Kart Nine Ultimate. There you go. There you go. <laughs> another interesting thing is when the the game first came out, the big deal was the tours, and they were doing real world locations. You had New York, and they did London and Paris. Uh, they did like New York too. Um, they haven't done those real world locations in a while. Okay. Like like now it's more like the new tracks are just like older tracks coming in and. They did the Mario circuit and the, they did the, like the jungle circuit with like Funky Kong and Dixie Kong joining the roster. And they brought, you know, like some Donkey Kong tracks back, but they didn't add a real world like the Amazon. Like you weren't racing through the real Amazon kind of deal. So it's kind of interesting how they kind of like, we're done with that. I don't know if it'll come back, but it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. That was the whole point of the tour is right. that they were a world tour. Right. right. Yeah. I'll probably check it out. Um, but I don't know about, Actually, like if it's going to be enough to like make me stick around and, and play it all the time, but it's definitely something that I'll I'll be checking out like it's free. So why not? Um, well, let's move on. Uh, another game that uh, was well, it's still technically out for uh, mobile, um, but it's getting some support dropped. Uh, any any fans of uh, Pokemon Rumble Rush? Anybody? Anybody? I, uh, I played uh, it extensively uh, when it came out. Right. But how long has it been since you played it? been a while uh, um yeah seems like it's been a while for a lot of people because they're cutting support on that um barry you want to share a little bit about what's going on with uh pokemon rumble rush yeah it uh a really short life and uh you know i don't know if this is because of the uh the new pokemon cafe game that's going to mobile but uh this is this is the problem with you know the digital titles especially ones that require an uh, like an online connection is at any point you know, the servers can shut down. And the real the real tragedy of these type of games is people put money in. So, you know, if you want to buy, you know, Paper Mario on the Switch and you're going to spend $60, you own that game forever. Now, even, even if, you know, the server shut down and you can't update it, you can still play the version on the card. It may not have all the bug fixes, but at least you can still play that game forever. Um, Rumble Rush and other games like that, you can't. When the servers go down, um, it's gone. And if you spent $1,000, if you spent $500, if you spent $5 on it, doesn't matter. It's gone. All that work, all that time, all your energy building up your Pokemon roster, um, it's gone. You know, and and that, that, it was a fun game. I did enjoy uh, playing it. Um, it. It just it started to hit that wall, that wall that really made you want to pay to try and proceed or you're going to have to grind. Yeah. The same thing that happened with Pokemon Quest uh, when I stopped playing that. Mm-hmm. So I feel for all those people. And that's that's the real deterrent to, oh, Mario Kart Tour or Dragalia Lost or Fire Emblem Heroes. You know, people spend thousands of dollars on these games. Yeah. And once that stops and they shut down, <laughs> your thousand dollars that you just spent, you can't even use. You can't, you don't get a refund or anything like that. It's gone. And you can't, like, I wouldn't mind, like, if they stopped support, but you could at least play the game single player. Because these are single player games. Right. They just require you to connect to a server. And I, that's, that annoys me. You know, like, Mario Kart Tour, they can keep the ghosts and let you just race against the, the, the NPCs um, and continue playing the game. But it requires connecting to a server when you log in. Right. And if you don't have that and the server shuts down, you can't even play it. And that's terrible. That's that, you know, I understand it's mobile and all that stuff. 
and I don't mind it when the game is live, but if they're going to shut down a game, I think what they should just do is they should just let it, let it be as is a single player experience and just let people who want to enjoy it, enjoy it because that's what game preservation is about. And yeah, mo some people like don't look at mobile games and all oh, those are lesser games. And you know what, to a degree they are, um, but they're still games. They're still developers and you know are, are working hours and hours to make the best game they can with whatever limitations and with how powerful phones are nowadays you know they're they're you're as powerful as a switch you know like the, some of the screens are better than the switch and they're only getting better it's not like it's we've hit the cusp and small phones are going to downgrade from here they're only getting better and more expensive i mean you what you pay for a phone you can buy three consoles <laughs> for that price for some of them. So, yeah, th this does upset me. Not that I play the game. It upsets me for the players. And it, it was a short-lived. I think it came out last May um, or something like that. So it's April it's or really – or yeah, so it's it's like just just over a year of life. It's That's very, very short mm -hmm. for a mobile experience and a Pokemon experience nonetheless. It's not just a mobile game. This has the, the official Pokemon license. Um, it came out to little fanfare. I remember like, what, what is this? And I did enjoy it. And I, I think our last game of the year, I did mention it, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's sad to see any game die. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, I, I think what you were saying about, it'd be great if they could turn it into just an, uh, an offline single player experience where you wouldn't require that. But, uh, but instead they just cut support. I wonder if it is because of the new, a new game coming out or that's already out actually um exactly. but uh i don't know greg i know i don't think you were you're a big fan of this game or anything but do you have any thoughts yeah i mean i it does stink to hear it shut down i mean i don't know if uh it made it longer than mitomo did but i know that was kind of a sad time when that um game shut down <laughs> so it kind of stinks and i know nintendo's been learning lots of lessons with their different um, formats, but I know they've always required the online activity. I know that was a huge thing on Super Mario Run. It's like, I already downloaded the full game. Why do I need to be connected to the internet? So it's like, they can still pull, pull the plug on that one, and that one will just still be gone. So it's true. Yeah. Forgot about it that. Does, yeah, it does really stink about the monetary investment that you put in. So it's just kind of a cautionary tale. Don't get too enthralled in it that you're spending that kind of money on these games when they just be like up oh, tomorrow it's gone so when it's weird that some some of them stick around for a lot longer like i was talking to one of my my good friends the other day and he was talking about how he still plays simpsons tapped out on his phone i'm like i remember playing that game but it's been like five years like since i probably touched it or beyond that and they're still throwing support at that and they haven't closed down servers or anything but uh but a pokemon game it, you know, yeah. didn't even you know barely made it just over a year. Like that's that's interesting and why they. Would and it's that. also part of it's part of a Pokemon spinoff that has been overall successful. Right. It's not just this Pokemon Cafe, which is a new thing. The Pokemon Rumble series has been on the 3DS on the Wii U, um, been on the Wii, I think, right? Or is it the mm, DS? Or was it just three? DS, I think. Just yeah, maybe definitely 3DS and Wii U. Yeah. So um. But so it, it's one of those things where this is already a, an established uh, spinoff mm -hmm. of the Pokemon series, and it's just one of those where it's, you know, it, it didn't last, yeah. and it's it, it's it is it's a cautionary tale yeah. because it doesn't matter how I mean Pokemon is the number one media franchise 
period. It is not just in games, just in general, the number one. So if this could happen to the number one in less than in just over a year, it can happen to anything. Mm -hmm. It absolutely could. You know, like I'm playing uh, even like I'm playing the new Tales of game. There was Tales of the Ray, which was a mobile game that I played that shut down. That's gone, you know. And again, the Bandai Namco, big publisher, big, Mm -hmm. big flagship series for them. They've killed it. And there's plenty of other mobile games that have died off. And it really is. It's a it's reaffirms why I go physical. And it is definitely a cautionary tale for whether or not you want to spend money on this stuff. And uh, F in the chat for the players of uh, of this game because tonight's your last night. Mm-hmm. And you know if you never played it, it and you just if you want to try it, you say, hey, you know what? I want to try it just to say I played it. You better play it tonight because it's going away after that. That's true. I did take a peek at my Nintendo, and all the rewards and stuff are still there. So and there's like no notification of it shutting down there either, which is kind of odd. Nice. So it's like I could technically spend some coins on some rewards, and then the game just going to be going away, and I don't even know if I'd be able to spend whatever I purchased. Well, you got to spend those coins there, so. on something, and, and it's all junk anyway, so might as well just throw it away. Uh. <laughs> I've just been buying stuff in Fire Emblem Heroes to waste the nice, coins, so nice. at least I can use it in there. So. <laughs> And then, see, that's why I like the, the pass system. I know some people don't, mm. you know, like Mario Kart Tour, I do the gold pass because I play enough that the extra rewards they give me are worth the five bucks because I, I play so much that it warrants my price. And if, as long as they're constantly updating it, then I'm cool. You know, when they stop updating it, then, then I'm done. Yeah. You know, it's just like playing for an MMO. You pay for an MMO and, and you, you know, you pay per month and you hopefully get your money's worth. Mm-hmm. Now MMOs that shut down really soon, people, you know, get annoyed, you know. Mm-hmm. But look how many of them survive for years upon years. That's true. Great. Our uh, Barry, if only there was a way to play physical games on your phone. <laughs> That's maybe a little slow. Well, there is that like there is that there's a like Game Boy adapter that That's they have, true. you know, for actual Game Boy games, but mobile <laughs> games, no physical. Well, you know, you say that, but here's the thing: there's a lot of mobile games that have been lost and you know oh, that there's, yeah. there's emulation but it's not really the same like there's old tomb raider games there's old splinter mm-hmm. cell games there's, there's old movie tie-in games mm-hmm. um back back on like the flip phone days and i'm not saying they're really great but yeah. these these games there's old sonic games that are lost sure. to this this format and then you know i'd love to see a compilation of like all the old <laughs> phone games they may be terrible old duke nukem whatever but you know Te- tekken i think had one but you know, that's why I cherish the N-Gage, just even though it's a terrible system in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, because it is the, the vertical. It had a great library, and, you know, that's the only way to play those games. That's true. That's true. Yeah, let us know in the uh, in the chat or the comments later if you actually uh, played um, Pokemon uh, Rumble, uh, Rumble Rush and uh, what your thoughts are on it uh, closing down. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, we still have a few more uh, th- things to hit tonight in terms of news, and we're going to turn our, our attention toward Lego again. We've been—it's kind of like every episode—we get uh, another update about uh, the Lego Super Mario stuff, and we've talked about how, like, you know, that's not really our thing. But what if? What if? They came out with a Bowser's Castle set or a Princess Peach's Castle set or something like that. We were like all over it. Well, Nintendo gave us something that I don't think any of us ever thought we needed. Um, They and uh, Lego have teamed up to give us an NES set for uh, Lego. (laughs) Um, 
And uh, yeah, so it's going to drop also on August 1st because that's like the day where Nintendo and Legos, all their stuff is going to be launching. And you can build your own NES along with the old school CRT TV and it like somehow plugs in and you can actually connect it and it, and it rotates through. Um, it even comes with a cartridge that you can put in and then everything. Um, and yeah, you, you like turn this little gear as you're watching, you guys are seeing this uh, on the screen if you're watching the, the video version, but yeah, it like all connects together. And, um, and it's like you're, you have an NES built out of Legos. Uh, I was so excited about this. Um, and then I saw the price and I thought to myself, Steve, $229. You really shouldn't be spending $229 on a Lego, but I really want it guys. Seriously, this is awesome. Um, but $229, that's a lot. Uh, Barry, what do you, what do you think about this, uh, this NES set? I think it's awesome. I think it's going to sell out. Uh, I despite the price, uh, it's one of those things where I'll be honest, if I had the room to display it, I would buy it. I would build it and I would display it. That's the key. It's a one-to-one -one ratio for an NES. So NESs weren't terribly small. And then the TV is a little bigger than that. So <clears throat> because I don't have the room, I'm not touching it. And I might regret that. I might be telling my grandkids, oh, I should have bought that. That's, that's worth $10,000 now. Uh, and here it is recording of me talking about it. But I, I am not going to be purchasing this. <laughs> All right, Greg, you going to be getting that? Yeah, I feel like the same as you, Steve. It's like, oh, like, I would just really love to have it and put it together. It would be so great to have on display. Uh, $200. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, I know. You could spend $229 on that or the Millennium Falcon Lego set. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, Millennium Falcon may be worth more than that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's like four hundred fifty. Well, for me, it'd be like uh, it'd be like the um, Magic Kingdom castle or something. Right, or there you go. <laughs> it's like uh, really would love to have it and have it on display, but not quite worth uh, over two hundred dollars. Yeah. I think with two hundred dollars, I'd rather get a Switch Lite so then I can play <laughs> my Switch more frequently. So. <laughs> Right. I was I, thinking about all the other things I could spend $229 on. I'm like, is that really a smart decision, Steve? I mean, I still have like my like Lego Star Wars sets and stuff that I need to still put together. So um, and those cost a whole lot less. Um, I think that was like 30. So, um, yeah, I, I really think it's awesome, but I don't have that kind of money sitting around to spend on on it, uh, unfortunately. Um, and I would make the space. I would I would make the space for it, but if I if I you know if that was a smart financial decision, um, I would make the space for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let us know if you guys are planning on uh, getting the Lego NES, and uh, yeah, maybe it'd be it'd be kind of cool. Let, let us know um, putting it all together and stuff like that. Show us some some videos and photos of you guys uh, when you get it. Let us know like in our social and and Discord and stuff. That'd be awesome. Uh, let's see. Moving on. I, I well, before I move on, I go in the chat. There's stuff in the chat. There is so. the chat, and and I think uh, actually that like kind of mentioned or it triggered me to to think of something that I think maybe we actually will see 
um, some castles and things like that eventually. Uh, but Chariot Goblin says that the LEGO NES announcement uh, felt like it would go well with the rumored Mario 35th anniversary remastered. Um, which we haven't talked about. Um, and I, I, I thought, I think we, I, I was, uh, like a lot of people were, were thinking that that kind of stuff was going to happen in that Nintendo direct. And, uh, that was not the case at all. Um, but yeah, I think it, it could have been, uh, been a nice little tie in or like, Oh, cool. You can have the old school game when, where it all started and we're going to bring out this, this new collection for you, whatever, or all the new games, uh, they're going to come out for switch. Um, yeah. Did you guys think there was going to be some tie in to that? Absolutely. I was kind of thinking about it after everything we've been hearing about the 35th anniversary. It's like, oh, Paper Mario could have fit it, but they didn't market it as such. The Lego sets certainly could fit, but it's again, it's not marketed as such. So is it just going to be like they're not going to do anything? Or like, the, I mean, the rumors are going crazy. It's like, oh, you can get like Mario Galaxy and Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine on like Switch, and that would be awesome. I would absolutely definitely buy that, but they definitely would have a director, some sort of special presentation, treehouse, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Jakester didn't think there was going to be any connections, um, but uh, but yeah, Barry, they got like Twitter uh, handles that are coming out of nowhere, like apparently being tied to the Nintendo and uh, the Japan account and Mario 35th anniversary. I mean, at this point, we we had heard so much more about the like, the 20th anniversary, the 25th anniversary, the 30th anniversary. We got nothing for 35th. I, mean, I forget it's the 35th anniversary, to be honest, yeah. because they haven't done anything. And and when I saw the Lego NES, I didn't even think about the rumored Mario collection. It, it, it was just like Lego's marching to their beat of their own drum. Like them them doing this, this is this is a partner. The partner is doing their own thing. Um, didn't even think about it. But yeah, it would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. It would have been perfect if they did some kind of collaboration. 100% agree. Um, I don't know. I'm... I almost feel like COVID threw off all their plans for this. I mean, you know, and, and we'll talk about it in a little bit about you know, the little delay to Mario World, but uh, it's one of those things where they might celebrate the 36th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, Jesse Glenn in the in the chat says he thought about getting the Lego NES for his niece, but. Um, but he already spent, uh, got a really NES and an SNES, so it's just too much. Uh, I, th- I think the better investment really is the the actual NES and the SNES. So good Absolutely. choice. There, for sure. And more games, more actual games. And she's going to get bored <laughs> turning that crank <laughs> real quick. That's a novelty. Oh, wait, the crank broke off. I got to reattach it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's as flimsy as that. Uh... It's probably not because it's Lego branded and those those things are a lot better. But if it's it was as flimsy as the kickstand on the Switch, then who knows? Oh boy. <laughs> um, which mine's still holding on. Uh, all right, let's let's move on. We had a couple more uh, news things to talk about before we wrap up today. Uh, Greg, uh, fill us in on what's happening with with our good friend Reggie. Reggie's been doing a lot of stuff in his retirement, um, and he just got signed on to uh, to help with another game company. So fill us in what he's doing. Yeah, so if you thought Reggie was done and being all retired, he's actually not. So um, as Steve already said, he's already got a number of things. So it looks like he was brought on as a strategic advisor at Rogue Games. 
So they were like, they made like an official statement saying Reggie brings to the table his unrivaled experience in the council arena, which is invaluable to us as we expand our portfolio to include incredible games on Nintendo Switch, Microsoft, Xbox, Sony, PlayStation, and PC. And then Reggie also shared his own statement. When Rogue shared its council vision with me and I saw the games that will be arriving this summer on platforms like the Nintendo Switch, I was immediately impressed by the levels of ambition and innovation. I've always on the lookout for fast-growing, innovative companies that are ready to shape the future of games, and I'm excited to join Rogue in their mission to unite and simplify game, simplify games publishing across all platforms. So that was that's certainly pretty great to see that he, he helping them out, and hopefully they'll have some great games across the platforms. And then um, as a side note, um, if you forgot, Reggie was appointed to the GameStop's uh, board of directors back in March. So like he was... He still has like another job on the side too, so definitely keeping busy in his uh, so-called retirement. Nice, nice. I think he's busier now than he was working at Nintendo of America. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I actually had to check out um, Rogue Games' website because I I wasn't familiar with the name, uh, so I had to check out some of the games, and it does seem interesting. It's like how they're he's stepping into uh, a company that's done a lot of mobile games and seems like to be a fairly young company um and and kind of have a, a lot of those like simple like uh um i don't know things that, that we'd find you know on the cheap side of the eShop and stuff like that so it's interesting that he's stepping into to rogue games and uh and hopefully they, they can continue to help them get better and better um it's not that their games are bad but they kind of seem like they're on the lower end um from what they have out so far so um maybe with reggie's involvement they'll continue to uh to get better and better um barry what do you think about this i mean his body is clearly not ready for retirement, and and he's just doing things. And I say more power to him. I mean, as long as he's happy, as long as this is what he wants to do, um, you know, he did bring a lot of greatness to the gaming industry. What he didn't bring was Mother Three to America, and what he tried to stop was Xenoblade Chronicles coming to America. So, uh, you know, I I definitely question his judgment. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah i think it's cool that that he's he's continuing to do some stuff and it's it's nice that he can step outside of the the realm of just nintendo and and have an impact there um but uh yeah and i wonder if these roles are actually better for him um kind of advisory roles and you know he's got so much experience within the gaming industry and marketing and and all that sort of thing that uh maybe you know if he's not the one calling all the shots but he's actually just offering his expertise that may be a better role for him in in his retirement years and he's still got tons of years ahead of him he he retired young so he's got so many uh years ahead of him that he can offer to to other companies so that's cool keep going reggie um, but one place you can't go is, uh, Super Nintendo World, um, in Japan. Greg, we've been covering this for a while. I've gotten excited. I'm almost, you know, wanting to book my tickets for Japan. And you're telling me they're delaying this thing now? What's up with this, Greg? Come on. Yeah, so apparently the Super Nintendo opening was postponed. Um, and then the new opening date was not revealed yet, so... 
Um, pretty much Universal Studios in Japan stated they wanted to see how things will go in the next few months. And then once they um, know, then they will be announcing a new opening date sometime this fall. So if you're looking for something to do this summer, sorry, you got to wait. Or maybe you just got to stay there till next season. I don't know. <laughs> Depends on your uh, priorities and what you have going on. But yeah, it doesn't sound like it's going to open until the fall. So are you... I mean, Nintendo's were used to delays from Nintendo's, so I mean, obviously they'll make it experience better and improve it. I mean, even with like COVID and everything, I don't know, like you really want to go there right now, anyways. I mean, I know Disney World in Florida just like reopened like in the last like two weeks, so and there's all sorts of new restrictions and policies in place, like temperature screenings and all sorts of stuff. So I don't know if you'd want to have that in the Magic or. Uh, the Mushroom Kingdom, not the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> COVID affecting the Mushroom Kingdom. What has this world come to? Uh, Barry, I guess we're going to have to postpone our trip to Japan. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it's definitely already affecting the Mushroom Kingdom, though. I mean, that's that's why uh, the Mario 35th anniversary stuff's delayed. So it's already affecting. It's true. But yeah, I mean, this makes sense. Uh, I think a lot of states, a lot of places are opening prematurely. They want to get back to normal. They'll look at Florida and Texas. Um, that's not exactly the smartest thing to do. People aren't being cautious. People are, oh, this is over. And uh, that's not the, that's just not wise. Um, the important thing is to stay safe and keep healthy. And I'm fine waiting an extra year or two to ever see, you know, Super Nintendo World in person um, because I'd rather be safe. And rather, when I go there, not be more concerned and panicked about people walking past me and instead being able to focus on the majesty and the, the, the illusion that I'm really stepping into the mushroom kingdom. Yeah. Jared says that uh, he had to cancel his trip to Japan. He was actually going. Uh, one of the big reasons he was going uh, was to see Super Nintendo World. And uh, that's really unfortunate. He said the difficulty in getting a refund was sad. Um, the news <clears throat> cut deep. Yeah, that's it. that's really unfortunate, especially if you were planning that trip. That's that's really sad. Um, but uh, hopefully, you know, the, they're, they're still making progress. They're, we're seeing a lot more photos and videos of it. Um, and one of these days... Hopefully soon, um, we'll actually get it started in America as well, and be able to just uh, you know head down to Florida or California or wherever. We don't have to go all the way to Japan to uh, to actually step into the Mushroom Kingdom. Um, but uh, really unfortunate, but totally get it, totally get it, and um, you know it just adds to the uh, the list of so many things that have had to be pushed back uh, or canceled or whatever because of this uh, this stupid disease. So. Hopefully we can uh, move on from it pretty soon, but we'll see. Um, all right, so let's move into uh, to our, what we're going to be playing over the next couple of weeks, what's coming out and everything. But before we do that, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in once again. Thanks for joining in the chat. Uh, thanks for subscribing and hitting the bell and, and all those things. Uh, thanks also for your positive uh, comments and and reviews of the podcast, all those things. We are very grateful for all that stuff. Again, if you want to continue this conversation between episodes, be sure to follow us on social media at Nintendo Fuse. And you can also join our Discord. All those links are going to be in the show notes and the description down below. Um, but uh, let's let's look at what's coming out over the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, a big, big list of um, 
not much. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It's a big list of not much at all. Um, I mean, guys, Rock of Ages 3 is coming out. Um, a game called already Germs uh, is coming out. Um, Hunt. I know uh, I know. Greg's really excited about that one. Um, I don't know. I mean, just looking through this list, like it's cool, but uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of like big, big kind of time. Carrion's there. Carrion, yeah, I was about Carrion's to say Carrion. probably about the only one that really stands out to me. Um, anything stand out to you, to you guys beyond Carrion? Uh, Greg, any, anything there? No, I didn't think so. I mean, I was trying to run through and I was like, we just talked about Carrion now. We were all interested in Steve's like neglecting. It, well, so. I mean, it, it, as far as like games we haven't talked about. It's interesting that there's Jackbox games being released separately. Yeah, they've done that on other platforms. Um, I guess they're just playing catch-up. Um, Mega Dimension, Neptunia 7. Um, Dex, which uh, I heard is very good. It was released on the PS4, and Red Art Games is actually doing a physical for it. No, but it, it's listed there. Um, Escape game Boyard, for Boyard, I heard, is also pretty good. Mm. Hey, Swim Sanity is finally coming out on, on yes. the 6th, so that's pretty exciting. Swim Sanity is amazing. Uh, I, I'm so looking forward to that. I uh, had a ton of fun playing it at Play NYC and uh, you know, talking with the guys, and I'm so happy that's finally getting a you know, release date. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, another big one, Instant Sports Summer Games. You know, that's, that's really exciting as well. Fairy, um, fairy Tale is pretty big for... People who love the anime. That's, that's true. Yeah. Oh, and and my universe, my baby. But that's that's coming out after our next podcast. So yeah, you get some time to look forward to that one. But Caller Caller X Malice Unlimited. I need to get back to that first one. <laughs> I love how I just keep throwing out like games that don't really mean anything, and very still trying to hold on to the actual good ones there. Um. Yeah. Because there are some good ones there. There are for sure. Yeah. <laughs> just the just the bad the yeah, i'm not saying they're bad they may be great games you know my my universe my baby may be an excellent game and hamster bob may be a fantastic game but uh you know, just, know. it just doesn't come across as as strong as you know carry and huh. carry on or uh you know like fairy tale or something like that but maybe they're fantastic games if you like those games you're excited about them let us know in the chat or the uh the comments below uh, yeah, how how far off was Steve? Let him know. <laughs> yeah, tell Steve he's That's, stupid, please. Like, tell me I'm stupid. <laughs> Instant Sports Summer Games is going to be fantastic, and you've been you've had it pre-ordered for for years. Um, hey, I got like the first one. <laughs> of course, you, you get them all. That doesn't count. Yes, <laughs> you're gonna get my universe, my baby as well. <laughs> I already have it pre-ordered. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> uh greg anything uh from this list or or uh other games maybe in your backlog that you're looking forward to playing over the next couple of weeks yeah i mean how i know there's another animal crossing update coming up and we got the bug off on saturday so that's definitely gonna be played throughout the next two weeks um hopefully try to finish up with the golf i'm getting much closer i think there's only more a few more worlds left to finish there as well so those are the primary two switch focus games right now. So outside the possible random 
play of uh, Yoshi, but <laughs> nice, nice. Barry, uh, what do you what have you been playing, or what do you hope to be playing in the next couple weeks? Um, I hope to finish Persona Five Royal, and when I do that, that's when I'm going to start Paper Mario. I just don't want to do two RPGs at the same time. Um, I'm going to be doing Animal Crossing um, periodically, and definitely the uh, summer update. Uh, bug off, I'm probably just going to do once and then call it quits, like just to get the stamp. <laughs> it just, it just, it's busy work at this point. It's, uh, it's almost a chore. Um, that's, that's pretty much what I plan to be playing. But uh, when's our next podcast? What date is that? It'd be August 4th. 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 Yeah. yeah, so that's pretty much it. Uh, that, that again I plan to so who knows because um, we're actually uh, taking a break from the playcast so there won't be playcast games um, we have a reason for that but I'm actually doing a solo episode this Friday <laughs> so that's going to be interesting so uh, please send me questions and topics to talk about because <laughs> it's just going to be me uh, that's going to be interesting nice um, yeah so Jared says he's going to be playing Pokemon all weekend um yeah with the with the summer update and the bug off there's gonna be lots of uh, exciting things happening in animal crossing uh for sure and yeah i'll be playing i'll be playing those uh animal crossing updates and and everything as well um of course more rocket league and uh probably going to finish torna by the next podcast so. good good <laughs> must uh, and then jakester will pass out and uh i'm not sure what's gonna happen he may just um implode from all the uh the excitement and and shock that i'm going to issue to his system by telling him that i finished it uh. <laughs> so look at that barry you got uh steve doing the turn homework assignment and i did the bloodstained homework assignment what do we get <laughs> yeah what uh, we get? <laughs> that was i mean come on bloodstained was an easy thing blood and you enjoyed it you enjoyed bloodstained so that, that Steve's enjoying Turna. He he enjoyed it up until he had to do the community raising. So, <laughs> you you get a pat in the back until you finish Xenoblade Chronicles. <laughs> All right. You, I'll tell you what. You guys play through Xenoblade Chronicles one and two. You don't have to do Torna, but that's a bonus. I get you guys like fifty dollar eShop cards. Right. Boom. You heard it right here. Kind of the one I've done already. Just a bonus. Ugh. All right, I did get. Uh, speaking okay. of which, um, I, I finally bought. I bought the card the other day for the Fighter Pass two uh, for Smash Brothers because I realized I haven't had bought it yet. So I was like, "Hey, I'm in the in the store. Might as well get that." Oh, and I also got the uh, Piranha Plant Amiibo. My first Amiibo uh-huh. that I bought in like I don't know a year. Um, but uh, but yeah, he was at Target. I was like, "There's a bunch of them." I was like, "Oh, cool. I need the Piranha Plant." He's an awesome one. He's- I didn't even know it was getting rerun, but oh well, I got it. I already have that one. Yeah, so. I didn't either. I did just you get, walked through Did and you saw get it. your pre-orders in for Hero and for Joker? I did. Yes, I did that earlier today. I think. Nice. Yes. Won't be ones I have I, that I'm going to buy, but they look really cool, though. Like, I'm not a huge fan of of either of them, but I because they look so cool, I I about bought them. Then Dragon Quest Eleven was my game of the year last year, and I'm really enjoying Persona Five Royal now. Yeah. So it really works for that. Nice. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, as we said earlier, our next podcast is going to be on August 4th. So uh, a couple well, weeks from today. What's that, Barry? I said, hold on. Before you go, there's two quick announcements. Okay. Uh, one, one uh, we, I, I, uh, earlier today, I did the next industry talk that's going to be going up 
um, either later this week or early next, uh, depending on Steve. Uh, and that was with uh, for, for for fans of the the show that have followed us for a while. It was with Dan Butchko, the uh, CEO of Playcrafting, and uh, Play NYC is coming up. And normally this time of year, we're doing a contest. We're giving out tickets. We're hey. Um, we're not doing that this year. And the reason is not because he's not giving us free tickets. It's because the show is all online this year and it's a week long and it is a hundred percent free. So there's nothing to give away. So it is going to be August 10th to the 16th. That's Monday through Saturday. It's six days and it is a complete free show. The interview going up will have a lot of details, but I do want to mention that, bring it to your attention, mark your calendars because uh, it's a great show. I've gone every year. I love it. Dan and the team at Playcrafting are great people. And now it's free. Anywhere you are in the world, there's really no excuse not to at least check it out and maybe get some great games. Hey, Barry, I'm going to play and MIC this year. Finally. Well, <laughs> you, 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 told, you told Dan that you were, you so go. he's still waiting for you. Perfect. Yeah, well, Perfect. <laughs> and I'm also, uh, also going to be a guest on the uh, Why Are You a Gamer podcast next week. So, um We'll see how that works out, but see if they kick me off early or not. <laughs> but uh, I'll post the links and stuff in my Twitter when I, when that goes live. For sure. Uh, remind us, what's the dates for Play NYC again? It's August 10th to the 16th. So then then the week in between our shows. So not not our next show, but you know it's going to be in between. So it's going to be great for the week after. We'll have a we can do like a recap. Uh, you know, in in our episode. Nice. Jared's still demanding yeah. a hand-drawn ticket, so. I I got you know we, we got you free tickets <laughs> every year, Jared. You know, so he he knows Jar- Jared's been there before. He knows it's a good show, and uh, and uh, you know, hopefully you you check out their online uh, portion of the show this year and and let let them know. You know, let them know what you think. You know, go to go to app playcrafting or or uh, you know on Twitter and let them know like when after the show or when you go. Like, this is going to be a new thing, you know, and they just announced one of their big things is they announced uh, Rockstar Games is, is uh, actually uh, sponsoring their graffiti games this year, which is highlighting black developers. Nice. And uh, and there's going to be extra funds for that. And yeah, they're getting bigger names and bigger names. That's so really it's cool. awesome. Nice. So, yeah, so look out for that uh, industry talk um coming up soon um again if you haven't subscribed to us if you haven't hit the bell be sure to do that so you uh so you get that uh here on our youtube channel um but uh yeah i think that's that's it for episode 202 again we'll be back in a couple weeks for uh episode 203 on august 4th um in the meantime make sure you uh go go check out all those games join us on social media our discord let me know if i was wrong about my universe my baby um you know i <laughs> All those comments, just throw them in the uh, the comment section here on YouTube. And uh, thank you guys so much for for joining us again for another episode of the Nintendo Fuse podcast. We'll see you next time, or uh, you know, online somewhere. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye.